0: From the website Girlfriendit.com and the movement Girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Dernigan on TogiNet.com.
1: Okay, Lisa, how many movies do you think you've seen in the past six months?
2: Okay, well, I'm going to tell you that I know that you love movies and especially foreign films. I've taught you on planes <laughs> watching foreign films, I've seen all of it. But I don't want to go into that right now, because that can be a whole other conversation for another day. Yeah, that won't get you going on a trail too too long. So before we get too far into our show, we want to remind everyone that you are listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. I'm going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com.
1: And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, we are so excited today. Our guest, John David Ware, is an award-winning writer, director, and uh, it's just funny because I'm, I'm actually um, on a trip with my siblings. We're doing a sibling retreat, and prior to leaving, we were talking, I have the new toy Alexa, you know, where it just goes back to the Jetsons, and my, my sister asked Alexa uh, if she knew who Patty was why it was. And Alexa paused and said, Hmm, I don't think so. So then I asked if she knew who John David Ware was, and I got a whole different story. So just so you know, his credits go way beyond what Patty Wyatt's credits were, including the feature film Unbridled starring Eric Roberts from The Dark Knight and we have T.C. Stallings from War Room. And it just goes on. Day Young from Pretty Woman, uh, The Chronicles of Hernia. Just amazing what the, where this list goes. John is currently producing an untitled feature film, an original TV series based on the short films of the 168 Film Project called A Fresh Look at the Good Book. Uh, He's also the founder and president of 168 Film, which includes writing and film production competitions. And we're going to talk more with John about this. So before I go even further into what you're doing, John, welcome. How are you today?
3: I'm doing great. We're really excited because today's deadline day for the film project.
1: Well, deadline Ooh. day, and you're taking the time to chat with us. that's that's really amazing. And John, you have some pretty impressive names that I just listed off and you have um, you know, in your recent film, this the cast is is crazy, amazing. So obviously, you've created a reputation for excellence in the film industry. Tell us how did all that begin?
3: Well, um, I had the bug probably early on in kindergarten. I remember, you know, all the class, the whole class would be in there, you know, studying or doing whatever, and I'd be out, you know, and making a movie, which we called a roller, <laughs> a roller movie, which was basically a shoebox with two holes cut in it for the inside of a paper towel roll, you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So you'd take, um, you know, regular sheets of paper and tape them together and then glue them, tape them onto these, these rolls, And then you'd advance one frame at a time. And that was, that was the movie. And, uh, mm-hmm. so it started really early on, but, um, you know, I've been out here in California since 95 in LA and, uh, you know, I mean, I came out here to be a writer, director, actor, in that order. And then, um, you know, God had other plans for sure. Mm -hmm. I've always heard that adage. If you want to make God laugh, tell him what you're going to do for him, you know? (laughs) And, uh, so, you know, in, in 90, no, in 2003, we started this, the film project and basically, um, there was, the 48 hour film project at the time. And we kind of looked at that and we wanted to do something a little more serious for filmmakers. And um, so we said, uh, okay, 72 hours. That's not long enough. How about a week? What's that? And then we did the multiplication seven times 24 and that equaled 168. And to this day, I like, I ask people what's, what's a week in hours and they, nobody knows. So it was kind of like a secret number almost uh, that was reserved for this project. And this is our 15th year and we've made over a thousand films in this short film project. And, uh, you know, it's it's a basically a way to help people uh, further their craft, whether that be in front of or behind the camera, and to get them a little bit introduced or a little closer to God and let them, uh, you know, see that compartmentalization. You know, like I got my faith here, and I've got my career here, and never the twa- two two shall mix. Um, we tell them, no, that that's not really the best way. If, mm-hmm. and and in fact, all the short films that we do, whether they're speed films or they're non-speed films, they're based on a Bible verse. The speed films. Um, On the 16th, which is Tuesday, uh, everybody will come and they'll line up the local producers in L.A., in Montrose, at the Montrose Church. And they will – one by one, they'll come up and they'll pick a stone because the stones will cry out.
1: Mm. And
3: each of these stones has a Bible verse under under them, and that's their destiny as filmmakers. Mm. And for the non-speed films like documentaries, alumni films – um, and we have a, uh, animations, music videos. Those films they supply us the verse, and then they make their film, and on their schedule. But you know, again, it goes back to the verse, and it's 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 a guiding thing. It's it's a unifying thing to have you know the scripture, perfect word of God, to guide these filmmakers, and in so doing, you know, we we teach them. That this is a good thing, and and we, we hope it continues in their professional life, thereby grassroots, you know, establishing that foundation and then going on to actually affect the media in positive ways where it's not always pushing the envelope. Sometimes it's, you know, uh, repairing the envelope. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. so… I have, there's all kinds of questions swimming around in, in my brain right now. And that's, that's a scary thought, but you said a, a things, John, about, it just seems very counterintuitive to Hollywood. So I would just like to know at what point that you thought, you know what, I I have this, like you said, God had different plans that you're going to move forward with scripture in shaping and inspiring, you know, these artistic adventures and you're going to, base it on the Word of God, uh, I, I bet you have a, a lot of criticism. And my—I I now, now I'm blending a few other questions in here, so you're going to have to, like, file them in your brain. Because just recently, uh, 13 Reasons Why came out, and I finished watching that because I have younger kids. And I really struggled with just the hope at the end of the show where you want to scream, ah, if they just had some scripture, if they were able to follow this up with, now what? Like, suicide is not an answer. We're not just going to drop this bomb on you. We have, you know, we have hope. We have Jesus. And so I, I guess in going back to the original question, you, what has inspired you and, and how do we get this to really... You know, I'm just so proud of what you're doing. I think it's amazing. But what was, um, how did you finally come to this place? The, it's one of those questions.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, first of all, I just want to tell people that it's 168film.com if they want to get more information, especially because today is the deadline for filmmakers to enter the competition. So hopefully you have some filmmakers out there and, uh, we have a lot of all kinds of people, men, women, all all races, all countries, all over the world that can enter from where they are and do this speed film competition. So hope and inspiration. Um, we, I think we do provide that. And, um, you know, the, the way and the reason we got started doing this is, um, you know, just my passion for the craft and, um, basically, um, just the people around me. In fact, I was at Bel Air Presbyterian Church at the time. Somebody had, back in Ohio, had told me to go there, so I did. And, um, the, uh, the people there, there were a lot of filmmakers there and, and so many of them were saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, and and not backing that up. And it got rather annoying. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the 48-hour film project and I'm looking at, uh, you know, all the cool stuff on the worldly side. And I'm like, well, why don't Christians have cool stuff? Why don't they have, you know, kind of a, basically a farm team for filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a school of uh, filmmaking called Corman, Roger Corman made a ton of exploitation films and has been making them since, I think, the sixties, and that's been a way for filmmakers to learn. And um, you know, they're really cheap B movies, but they make money. And you know, they're they're you know they've got rather gratuitous elements in it. So, um, you know, to have that kind of a school like Corman with a conscience, I always say um uh, was something that uh me and and some friends thought was worthwhile uh a friend of mine uh Wes llewellyn who's who's a really good filmmaker said uh as i was leading this film or, or film enthusiast group at bel-air he said you ought to do a film festival right i'm like okay well how do i do that i don't know and About a year later, we just started, you know, making the steps and, you know, it was kind of ordained, you know, as far as I just knew what to do, you know, and and Mm -hmm. not having done it before, it was, I think it was very spirit led and inspired. And, you know, the first year, which was 2003, uh, we had 13 films. That was our first year. And um, it was a standing room only crowd in this little 500 seat. Chapel.
2: John, I'm going to have to stop you right there. We're going to, have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the sure. radio.
3: Okay.
0: This is Girlfriend on Toggy For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the net Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's
4: never
2: heard.
4: Whenever we hear a recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that, do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox.
3: It's words, you it, words.
4: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
0: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: Well, welcome back. We are talking with our guest, John David Ware, founder and president of 168 Film. And 168 Film includes worldwide filmmaking and writing competitions. And the 168 Film Festival, August 26th through 27th of this year, Contestants create media during a 160 hour week based on foundational scriptures. Over a thousand short films have been produced worldwide since 2003. That's just crazy. Well, John, we, we rudely interrupted you into a commercial. Right, right in your- uh,
3: I'm sorry, you broke up. Say it again.
1: Oh, we, were, we were talking about the 13 films, and then you had us in the chapel. So you're gonna to have to finish that story for us.
3: Yes, okay. So um we're in there in Evans Chapel at Bel Air, and uh, you know, people just started showing up and showing up, and then it was after a while it was standing room only. And I'm very convinced that you know, a lot of them, maybe half of them, came to see how how good it would be. But I I know that the other half came to see how bad it would be because you know, uh, they just have their preconceptions. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night, we had made 13 really good little films. I had written one of them, and it starred my dog, who uh, has gone on to uh, be with Jesus at this point. But um, it, it, it it was like a hit from, from year one, and um, really good films. And uh, the second year, we had 60 – no, we had – 53 films the second year and you know 53 and 13 is 66 and then the third year we had 66 films or 66 books in the bible so Mm. you know all along the way for the last 14 years God has given me a trail of breadcrumbs and little you know taps on the shoulder and sometimes kicks in the rear end saying get going and and you're doing good keep going This is working. This Mm -hmm. is good. And it's been really hard for sure uh, Mm -hmm. over the years, just, you know, financially and things like that. Um, But uh, it's been really worthwhile and useful. And I've learned so much just, you know, teaching others. I mean, if you teach others, then you learn. Um, And some of our core verses are um, like Mark 4, 2. Jesus taught them many things by parables, and so do we. And you know, the typical 168 film is it's anywhere from five minutes for our kid vids, which are you know for kids, to 12 minutes, um, 11 minutes for our speed films, and then 12 minutes for the rite of passage, which is films from our writing competition, rite Mm -hmm. of passage. And um, you know, for the most part, they're they're kind of like parables. And you know, so we'll take you know, for instance, a, a, a verse like Mark four two, Jesus taught them many things in parables. And you know, you maybe you'd have someone uh, leading a class, and you know, you 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 would go through a story with with that person, and then there would typically be a, a symbolic, uh, you know, representation of Jesus and and the parables and things like that. So, you know, it's not it's not that we're, you know, doing sermons on film. We're doing stories. Um, Christian entertainment needs to be both. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we first must entertain. If we don't do that, then nobody cares. I mean, and that's what Jesus did. He, He played films in the minds of everyone listening to him. And he told these amazing, amazing stories. And people went, why? To hear the wisdom in the stories. And every story that you listen to on the radio or on TV or in the theater is an argument. It's an argument for a particular point of view. And so the problem with most stories is the story. It's not necessarily the acting or the production values it's usually the story that where you know where it falls down because that's the hardest thing to do you know creating these stories is to be most like the creator because you're not
2: mm-hmm.
3: you're not um, you know I mean you're you're creating an entire world on the camera for the camera and mm-hmm. you know that's that's all inclusive it's not you know, it, it's a small fraction of what you know the Lord has done with this world, but at the same time, it's everything you put in there. The French call it mise en scène, and that means what you put in the frame. And it's all about you know pre planning decisions, what's your story look like, and you know, what journey are you taking people on, and what's your conclusion. And if all those things are good, then you have a good basis, and if they're not. You know you you have you know there's not that many ways to save it you know i mean if there's great actors they can um improv their way out of uh, an unfunny scene and make it funny there's there's some things you can do in editing, but starting with story, it has to be good and and that's something that we uh god God is gracious to give us. Good stories that are told, you know, in this kind of timeline. Um, basically, for the speed films, what happens like on the 16th, like I said, they'll come in. They'll they'll pick their verses, and if they're, you know, for instance, we have teams in Australia, we will have them live on Facebook on the 168 Film Project site, and they will be able to get their verses that way. But what happens mm-hmm. after they get their verses is they they then brainstorm and they study the verse and they, um, pray about it with their team. And, you know, the non-believers get to look at the verse and say, hmm, is this relevant? Does this have any bearing on my life? Is this just a dusty old book? So they look at that and they kind of interact and, you know, they're watching. Believe me, they're, they're monitoring behavior of, you know, the people that call themselves christians and so then they they write and they get their actors in they cast it they get their locations and schedules they may even rehearse but they're not allowed to start shooting until the 10-day pre-production period is over and then um on friday at 11 a.m they're allowed to start shooting over memorial day weekend which i can't believe it's here but it's here mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> And and exactly. then they they have to turn in a finished film and upload it by Friday at eleven o'clock. Where they're not eligible for awards, and if they're not eligible for awards, there's a whole lot of unhappy people breathing mm-hmm. down their neck. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, you uh, I'm just on this whole thing because one of my questions I was thinking, and then you answered it. But does this attract uh, a high percentage of non-believers who just want this challenge? And it, it's a great way to draw in non-believers into the narrative of, of Jesus, you know, basically. so. It, and then the other question is, is like, I'm curious, how you know, that, that dynamic. And then do you find that by giving, like, I know I need a deadline for so much. Like a deadline pushes me to get things done. And so I appreciate deadlines, even though, it, you know, it creates chaos and crazy, but I, I do my best work with the deadline. Do you find creating this framework with a deadline and they pick a theme and do all this, that you see creativity emerge in ways where if you just kind of gave them, you know, uh, pe- people that just haven't, like you said, they're just saying, I'm gonna. Do you find that giving this deadline and this theme actually produces more creativity?
3: Absolutely. It's, um, uh, by giving them tight, um, strictures to to create with in other words you know the verse really is, is what we're talking mm-hmm. about um, I find that it's better for especially for young filmmakers or new filmmakers some of them are not young by any means but they're new and they just like mm-hmm. you know have always wanted to do it and maybe they've been a production designer maybe they've you know been an accountant and they just want to make a film and so giving them you know a, a a really, it's it's like a roadmap, you know. And if I can choose the whole world, maybe I will. And and maybe I'll just kind of stare at it and be overwhelmed. But if I say, "Okay, blessed are the peacemakers," is your verse? It's like, oh, okay. Well, I can just my brain can can focus on that. And now I have kind of a roadmap. And also on, you know, in in the Hollywood system, okay, they have lots of money and if they have a problem they can easily solve that problem by throwing money at it or firing mm-hmm. somebody and mm-hmm. in this competition you don't have those options necessarily um you might have some money you can throw at it but it's not going to be enough it's never enough and you may have some people that you'd really like to you know fire but if you fire them you'll have nobody because mm-hmm. pretty much people are working for free on this one week <laughs> one-week journey Mm -hmm. so um that forces people to be creative you have to find creative solutions around problems and you know hey if somebody uh comes screaming into your set hey write it into the set you know it's it's just it, it forces these filmmakers to think on their feet and to solve problems. And and that is another good thing. But you're right. The deadline is probably the best thing we do for these people because, you know, you can set a deadline. But if there's no pain involved, mm-hmm. it's not really a deadline. So right. we we tell them, look, here's what you get if you make this deadline. You get a screening at the Regal Theaters downtown at LA Live. In the premiere house, with a seventy foot screen and lots of people watching and telling you how f- fabulous you are, whether they believe it or not afterwards mm-hmm. you know and and mm-hmm. if you don't make it, you have your entire cast and crew pointing fingers at you and saying, "Why? why did you waste my time?" <laughs> you know I mean that is wow, a yeah. oh, yeah. the pressure. <laughs> that is yeah. a significant deadline, and the other thing is you know seeing my work on screen is exciting. But it's also terrifying because, you know, you're not gonna have enough money, enough time, enough professional people. You're going to be, you know, uh, at the mercy of your people and your okay. and God. Hold that
2: thought, John, we're gonna be right sure. back, right commercial girlfriend at radio. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want
1: to change lives.
0: Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never
2: heard.
4: Did you know you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics? Yard work is a total body workout, consisting of pushing, pulling, lifting, and carrying. Using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour. Raking and bagging with a pooking fork, that's a fork often used in gardening, burns about 330 calories per hour. Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's Marching day, the I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app Too Funny for Words.
0: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on togynet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
1: Well, welcome back. We are talking with our guest, John David Ware, founder and president of 168 Film. So... John, we've been talking about just amazing things of what you're doing with the 168 Film Project. Tell us about this new movie, Unbridled. How did that ah. all go about? And it just looks like such a... a
3: Hello?
2: I think... I'm going to keep going with you. You know what? Okay, I want to back up. I know Patty started with a question, but we were ending the last segment, and we're kind of talking about the success. You know, we're talking about we are kind of building this grassroots and with these young, you know, aspiring filmmakers and and producers and actors coming, kind of coming along. What are some of the success stories that you've seen as you've been building this over the past 15 years?
3: Well, um, there have been a lot of people who have, you know, going on to do careers in TV and film. And then there are some that are more visible than others. So there's a lot of people that, you know, I could point to uh, that's on this show or that show, TV shows, reality shows, all kinds of stuff. But some of the more visible alumni successes are um, Kevin Sizemore has, you know, he won a best actor Award in 2011 for uh, Useless was the film. And um, Mm -hmm. a a good friend of mine, Beverly Holloway, is a casting director. And she was a judge and she saw Kevin in that and she cast him in this feature film called Red Line, which was directed by another 168 veteran named Robert Kirbyson. And so we had two 168 vets helming this. This film,
2: which mm-hmm.
3: was really good, wow. and, and Kirbyson has has gone on from 168. I mean, he had tons of talent coming in, of course, but hopefully we allowed him to develop that talent. And Kirbyson went on to direct and write this film, Snowmen, starring Ray Liotta and Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd. And it was mm-hmm. produced by the producer of The Passion of the Christ, Steve MacAvity and it was actually voted the top narrative at the 2010 Rebecca World Film World Film Fest for premiere mm. and uh, Christopher Shaw has recently directed his first film called Youth Group um Jen Gottson has been in probably 10 168 films honing her craft and she you know she sees the 168 community as Kirbyson does as a foundation and people that You find and you you take along with the on on the on your journey because you want to work with them. You find that's that's the thing finding a family in this business makes it a lot less lonely. And uh, Jen Gottson has been in Frost Nixon and and a bunch of you know certainly faith based films and other films and she um, she was in Unbridled as well and um, you know me myself as far as my career you know, teaching all these other people and learning and critiquing, you know, 80 short films every year. I learned story. I learned how to do it. And, you know, it was for a long while. I'm like, you know, kind of like feeling sorry for myself. Like, God, when am I going to get to do my movie? You know, Mm -hmm. And, and then, um, you know, kind of out of the blue, I got a call from a friend of mine who they had sponsored uh 168 before with their their business they book uh conservative and christian talk show ho- or talk show guests for radio. And mm. um Jerry and Christy McLaughlin are the producers of Unbridled and they called me up looking for an actress. They didn't have a lead actress, someone had fallen out and um you know, I, I looked at the the script and and the role, and I said, "That's Tia McKay," and Ooh. she she's someone who had been a real standout in 168, and so um, they looked at her reel and they talked with her, and they agreed, yeah, that that's the one. And so uh, I got to cast Tia McKay, and then they said, "Do you want to direct it?" And I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah." Wow. <laughs> And <laughs>
2: Let
3: so, me think about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's it's about horses and it's about uh, a girl who's being sex trafficked in her own home by Eric Roberts and how she escapes and finds freedom and, um, you know, a, a vibrant life and, and healing through a ministry that uses horses to minister to these young girls. Mm. And it's based it's mm. based on true stories from this ministry in Raleigh, North Carolina called Corral. And, um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, we just, we just started talking and I'm like, this is real. Yeah, right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so then when they flew me out to Raleigh, I said, okay, this is real. And, uh, just started walking in what God had anointed me to do. And that was, um, my first feature film. As a director and um, script doctor as well, and so we got to shape the story, and then direct the film. And I, I've had a thing for horses since I was a, a wee lad, and uh, and I got to be around horses for the 21 days shooting the film, mm-hmm. and then you know during post production, you know we were riding like every other day with with the owners of the stables and, and that's a miracle story too which wow. i can tell you about but it was just a, an incredible experience for me
1: okay Ooh. i want to hear the miracle story and i also want to hear I, I i unbridled sounds like such an amazing film but there's a couple things that you say john and just for our listeners out there i love how you uh talk about just, you know, being anointed, and this is what God's called you to do, that you you really look at things and go, I expect God to show up. Like, you were talking about the breadcrumbs, you know, just in the numbers of, you know, 66 and 66 books in the Bible. Like, you look for God. Can you give us any tips to our listeners? Like, how how do you do that? You just truly expect God to show up every day.
3: I'm going to give you a quote that a friend of mine um just recently said. I mean, you know, God has has put many people in my life and and recently uh, a a dear friend named Nicole has has just come on board and really been speaking into my life and she said she said, "John, you need to stop striving and just walk in it." And and I I'm like, "Wow, you know, That's a different way of thinking about it because, you know, I do. I do because I can and I've got a reasonable skill level at at a lot of different things. So I get stuff done and I push and I'm a producer, I'm a director and I walk in that. But, I mean, to think of what she's saying in terms of, you know, stop striving, stop putting it all in yourself, that's a radical change from what, I'm used to and, you know, I don't know if it's a a male thing, but I I feel like most men are producers and they're supposed to be getting it done. Boom, boom, boom. So that's the first thing. And she also said to me, I'll never forget this quote. She said, God begins at impossible. Mm -hmm. And I love that because, you know, what we're doing shouldn't fly. It's like the bumblebee, you know? The wings are too small for the thing to get off the ground, but somehow it flies, you know, and that's what happened the first year. And that's mm-hmm. what's been happening every year. You know, uh, we don't have the resources you would think to do everything we do, but somehow God shows wow. up. He anoints us to have favor with sponsors. And, you know, we we're sponsored. We've been sponsored by Panasonic and Sony and Aerie and, you know, just ongoing people that appreciate what we do not just because of you know the 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 spiritual aspects of it but because the films are excellent we're telling stories that people are like wow you did this in a week no way come
2: mm-hmm.
3: on mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah well this is this is God beginning at impossible and you know I teach people to expect miracles expect god to show up and that is very biblical and but it's Mm -hmm. you know it's the enemy is fear and you know just you're never going to get away from fear but you you have fear and you do it anyway and you watch and you defeat that fear so um, well you
2: know you are working in such um in such an environment a culture that really is you know for the most part people would think of it as kind of anti-god in some ways anti the values of the kingdom and yet you're you're standing tall and you're standing out in this industry um that really you, you know a lot of people would go you know i think a lot of believers go gosh i would love to make an impact i would love to be in a place where i can you know let my light shine you know i mean really be that light in in some dark places um, for you, I mean, I think we get intimidated by that. And especially like in the industry that you're in with the media and, and the entertainment and right there in the capital of it all, which is so impacting our culture and our, you know, our youth and just everything about us value for coming out of, of there. How do you stand for what you believe and where has been some of your greatest criticism? A lot of times, you know, I think sometimes we're surprised how much, they do embrace and they do want something different. You know, they don't know how, but where have some of your biggest challenges been in standing up for your faith in a kind of a hard place?
3: Um, and we have two
2: minutes. We have two minutes till commercial break.
3: <laughs> so before
2: I have to rudely interrupt you.
3: <laughs> well, I will give you a sound bite. Um The, the ways, you know, we stand up for our faith or just tell your story. I think it's, It's just um, it's the thing you know most. It's the thing that's most organic. It's the thing that people will most connect with. You know, you first establish a relationship, and then you know, if I love you as a person, I'm not going to be, you know, politically correct to you. I'm not uh, going to, you know, just kind of go go with the flow. If I really love you, I'm going to tell you what Jesus has done for me. That's you know, I mean, it's very simple, and and it's it's scary at first, but mm-hmm. you know, um, as far as the criticism, you know, we've had criticism for um, certain films that have been done. One film was done by a gangbanger, ex-gangbanger, who had been on a drive-by, and and three of his friends had been killed in this drive-by, but he survived. He became a Christian, and he made this story for One Sixty Eight.
2: I have to stop you in the midst of a great story. Hold that thought. We'll be right okay.
3: back. Okay.
4: A hundred years ago, the average life expectancy was 47 years. More than 95% of all births occurred at home, and only 14% of U.S. homes had a bathtub. Most women only wash their hair once a month and used borax or egg yolks for a shampoo. Of course, eggs were a mere 14 cents a dozen. 100 years ago, only 8% of homes had a telephone, beginning a century of telewagging. A hundred years ago, there were only eight thousand cars registered in the u.s and just 144 miles of paved roads the average wage in the u.s was 22 cents an hour what's a word for the pathological yearning for the good old days esternophobia i'm carolyn davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app too funny for words
2: Well, welcome back to our show. We have been having such a great conversation with our guest, John David Ware, who is the founder and president of 168 Film. And, John, in just a minute, um, after you finish your story that I so rudely interrupted you with, you had us on the edge of our feet with the gang guy driving by, and then I had to cut you off. So I want you to finish that story. And then I want you to just let our listeners know, again, how they can connect with you and today's a deadline. For submitting for your 168 film project, so let us know if we if we kind of come into our last uh, segment here. We just appreciate you, and we want our listeners to know more about you and this great work you are doing. So, first of all, finish your story that you left off okay. with.
3: Okay. Thank you. And, and just to clarify, it's the last day to enter the competition, and okay. you know they so they, they as long as they have like a team and a post production team. They're good. They can't really prepare for this because it's all here's your verse. Create, you know. So one six eight okay. film one six eight film is is the website. So well, I was telling you about a film called Last Shot, and uh, the the filmmaker is a an ex gangbanger. It's been from a really rough and hard you know childhood and young adulthood, and so he made this film that basically it was about a serial killer. Okay. The serial killer Mm. goes through his day and he's killing people. And, you know, it wasn't horribly graphic, but you did see, you know, some blood and, you know, um, he kills a couple of people in the film and then he finds another Mark and he shoots at him and he misses and he never misses. Okay. So, he, he runs out of his nest in this building, runs down to the street level, follows this guy up, and he gets in an elevator, and he finds the guy, and he says, what, what, I, I never miss. Why did, why can't I, why did I miss? And, he's, and, and the guy starts spouting scripture. So the killer fires five bullets at him, and they all stop in midair, and then you mm. realize that this is an angel. And and he mm. preaches the gospel to him in a way that you know makes this serial killer then in the next scene he's reading a Bible. Okay. Mm. It's not like it's going to give an altar scene and a confession scene. It's pretty realistic in in that, okay, I've done these horrible things, I've seen this miracle, now I gotta consider. What's the deal? What's, what's real? My reality is now thrown on its ear, and the only place I have to turn is what this guy said, you know, and, and I can find that in the Bible. So, you know, getting back to your question, you asked what criticism we had. Well, we have an award for people who want to preach the gospel, you know, because not everybody does, but when they do it, we want them to do it really well. And, and not mm-hmm. cheesy, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we gave Last Shot the Evangelista Award. And people were upset about that because it was more violent than most of our films. But, mm. I mean, for for the Evangelista, it's the best uh, evangelistic tool. And, mm-hmm. man, this is powerful, especially when you show it to hardened criminal types and, um, you know, people from a, a rough background.
2: Absolutely. Well, and you know, and when you're saying criticism, did you, did you mainly get that from like the church, people in the church, like going, this is too graphic. We, you know, we want something a little.
3: Structured. Yeah. Secular, secular people were like, wow, this is cool. I love it. You yeah. know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, and that you is know. so hard it's so sad because we do um, you know it, it, a lot of times the greatest criticism comes from within you know um, and it's hard but it's still telling an amazing story that's true to life and like you said you have no idea the people that you are reaching with that story and with his story and allowing to be told and challenging people to think differently um, with that and I like what you said earlier said, you know we're not producing cheesy and I think a lot of times when you think of Christian films, you kind of go to the cheesy, you, you know, in your mind, you kind of associate that. So to have somebody like you doing things with excellence, that's drawing the attention of the secular world. And, you know, in actors and actresses, that really says a lot. And I think, you know, when we do things for the Lord and for the kingdom, it should be done with excellence, you know? And, and so it's, it's good to hear that there is excellence out there in the film industry producing and creating grassroots and creating this whole next generation of, of, um, film producers and writers.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's, there's really good reasons to be excited for, you know, let's, let's just call it Christian worldview film and entertainment. Um, you know, I don't think the cheese factor will ever go away as far Mm -hmm. as, you know, um, people who are inexperienced telling stories or, you know, uh, heavy handed agenda based filmmaking, that'll, that'll never go away. And, you know, uh, there's a saying that goes, they will know us by our weakest members. And, you know, that Ooh. that's true for the church and that's true for, uh, you know, Christian films because secular filmmakers are going to look at, things that they hate and, and that's going to be defining or definitive for them. Um, but then, Hey, you get, you get something like the passion of the Christ, which is cinematic and beautiful and and horrible at the same time. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you get stuff that, you know, comes out of 168 on a much smaller scale that people have to go wow, that's really good. I like that. You know, let me see Mm -hmm. more. And, you know, originally I had envisioned this to be more of a beacon for filmmakers and especially secular filmmakers too. We haven't seen as much of that. There's definitely some secular filmmakers that, that become interested and do films, but um, not so many at the producer level. Um, but we, you know, it's hard to make a film with just Christians because you just Mm -hmm. need a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so it's an estimated 17,000 people who have been through the program in 14 years. Wow. And, you know, so, so there have been a, a large number of Uh, secular people through. We had one guy that didn't know the Lord and he got baptized on the set because they had a baptismal Mm -hmm. scene. Wow. And uh, he accepted the Lord. Another story I can tell you about, uh, do we have enough time? Like two minutes?
2: We have like four minutes. There you
3: go. Uh, There was a guy named Chris Doritas and he's he's a fairly fairly well-known guy. He's a music supervisor, did the music on Shrek, and he uh, he also was on NPR, uh, Morning Becomes Eclectic. Anyway, his beautiful daughter was named Marika, and this is a tragic story. So, she was an epileptic and an actress, and she starred in a film in 2006. And um, she won Best Actress, totally deserved it at the age of 14. And two months later, she drowned and died in a bathtub. And, um, you know, Chris and, and Mika, his wife, were just destroyed of course and he said he's going to produce a film for 168 in her honor in Mm -hmm. Marika's honor and so you know I was not sure that he would actually come but sure sure enough on February the 13th uh, 2007 he's there at the assignment night to pick a stone and get his hidden verse that is the destiny for his film okay so what what verse does God select for a guy who's just lost his daughter? That's, that's the question you've got to mm-hmm. ask. And you can see this on YouTube if you Google Assignment Night 2007 Chris Doritas. And this is it's, – it's up there, and it's, this is a miraculous thing that, for me, proves the existence of God. And um, so he picks this stone. Nobody knows what it is except for him. He looks at the verse. I stick a microphone in his face. And he reads the verse, and and it's Mark 5, 35, 36, and it says, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any longer?
1: Oh, wow. And it's just
3: devastating. Everybody's crying. And it goes on to say, and Jesus overheard, and he said, Don't be afraid any longer. Just believe. So Mm. he had to go through and do this process, making a film about a girl who had lost Her daughter and it was incredibly hard his team you know a lot of them quit went away and it was very hard on him but at the end of the end of the process he was very very proud and triumphant as he crossed the finish line and turned in the film that he'd made for his daughter so god wanted Mm -hmm. him to heal very quickly Mm -hmm. through this process
1: absolutely wow that is a great story
3: yeah, it's it's amazing, and uh, I'll send you the link. You can put that up. Yeah, I would
2: love that link. Yeah, okay. I would put, that is those are just those very personal stories that you go, okay, God still pursues people, you know, in the middle of their pain, and and what a great way for him using his trade and what he knew that God allowed him to use that for part of his own healing journey, and be a part of that. Okay, we have less than two minutes, and we wasn't we again. Thank you. Thank you for joining our show. And we'll have information on our site and, and again, give us the website. And then what is your personal dream? As you enter into this, you've seen, you've been working this for the past 15 years. What are dreams you have for this um, or professionally or personally?
3: Um, well, for, for, for 168, I'm just hoping that people um get in, make great films and get a little bit closer to God and some a lot closer to God and some just kind of learn who Jesus is, Mm. um, for, uh, the film that we'll make is the grand prizes, you know, that we're producing a feature film with the winner of the short contest. Um, that dream is that, that that's a really good film and, you know, makes money, gets distributed, all that. Um, Personally, you know, I hope to direct more films, write more films. I'm writing a virtual reality film right now that will take advantage of that new medium, which is fabulous. Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. And,
3: um, you know, for for Unbridled, uh, my film, we're excited to get that out there. And if people want to take a look at that, it's unbridledmovie.com. They can see the teaser and, you know, give us a like on Facebook as well, Unbridled Movie. And, done.
2: Uh, we have to say goodbye at the end we will put more information on our show thank you so much for joining our show thank and you until next time Girlfriend It Radio bye bye now
0: thank you for being a part of this special program Girlfriend It the show dedicated to the most important woman you know yourself it's the show